Today on the Shrewd Dudes Podcast, we're going to talk about the Waukesha tragedy. What motivated that guy? Then we're going to talk about criminal justice reform in the United States. Is it going in the right direction? Then we're going to switch over and talk about various COVID rules and lockdowns across the world and in California. Are they working? We can check it out. And then we are going to talk about Finland and how they are investigating Christians for hate crimes for posting about the Bible. Hmm. Is that the true course of action? Hmm. All that and more on the Shrewd Dudes podcast. Okay, okay, okay. All right, brother. Yeah, all right. So we again survived another weekend in the darkness hell hole that is Canada. Oh, wonderful. Canada. It is Canada. That's right. Thankfully, I don't think they announced any new measures today. I know that they were kind of quiet. They have been kind of quiet. Well, I remember like hearing on the radio this morning. It's like. Dana Hanshaw is going to talk with Jason Kenny about the COVID-19 stuff in Alberta. And I'm like, yeah. I swear, if they introduce new measures, I'll be like, can't you see, people? It's not working. <laughs> it has the same curve as last year before we had the injections. That's almost all connected somehow. Hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. yeah. But before we uh, jump into the stories, we have one big thing to take care of here. We have to wish Salty Steve... Happy birthday! Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! It's his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. He's a big boy now. He's a big boy. Big boy. Joining a new decade. How's it feel? Stiff. <laughs> Stiff. Well, I mean, you know, for uh, for for dad with four kids, for young kids, and uh, you know, you like you're looking pretty chipper. I will say, you know, it's tough. Like <laughs> the nervous twitch. <laughs> Everything this is like the barely surviving blinking. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. You look pretty good for, uh, you know, that father of five, you know, like working full time. Five. Um, Try four. I have a children, a child that I don't know about. You have me. You have to babysit me all the time and like, you know, constantly keep me, uh, keep me under control. Mm, I think it's more Shelly, but yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I am pretty, uh. I took care of myself. Shelly's like, Daddy, I need help with this COVID problem. <laughs> so yeah, today, uh, uh, just uh, for everyone listening, um, we got uh, a couple things we're gonna talk. Well, we're we're gonna cover at the end. Uh, first of all, uh, the website. Um, I updated the uh, Shrewd resources. We now have a lockdowns um, page now, so we'll talk about that at the end. And also, if you I can just show chance, the website right now. Sure, go for it. Yeah. Um, also, if you haven't had a chance, check out that we did interviews this weekend at the rally, the rally for uh, for freedom at uh, downtown Shaw, uh, Calgary. So yeah, go down here, Stephen. Um, yeah, go. I'm to... assuming you put in the content. There it is. Yeah, so go go into the home. Yeah, right there, the worldwide rally. Uh, we have interviews not only for people who are at the rally, but also for the doctor, the big old um, one of the big doctors who said no to the um, the Nagase. And also go down, Stephen, on this page. Go down. Yep. And I'll show you the. Oh wait, where's it? Oh, so not on the mm-hmm. page. Go back. 
our various platforms. I'm on the content page. Oh, yeah, you should be on the homepage. That's why I'm confused. Yeah, so if you go to the homepage, uh, you keep going down. Stephen hasn't seen this either. Uh, I added a new area right underneath the blogs. Um, that's called the Shrewd Resources. And um, so now I now oh, yeah. have a page on masks, page on vaccines, and now a page on lockdowns. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering about lockdowns, people are asking you, like, you know, how do you know that lockdowns don't work? Now I've, I put all our, all of our uh, research and info on there so you can look it up. And uh, you might even learn a whole bunch of things, you know. Funny enough, I have so many resources on these pages. I haven't even had a chance to go through every single one in detail. So mm-hmm. if I haven't gotten a chance, you're probably going to have a lot of uh, things to learn. So, yeah, definitely check this stuff out. It's going to be awesome. Um, we're, yeah, we work hard. And and uh, not like we're like, we, we just, we work hard because we want to inform you. We want to make sure you guys are well equipped to mm-hmm. uh, face with the stuff that's gone. So To be shrewd. It, that's right, to be shrewd. So, Stephen, take it away. Okay, so as we said, the first story that we're going to cover today is On about... Tuesday Newsday. Waukesha. That's right. Not a person, a town. <clears throat> I know, it sounds like the stereotypical it's, kind it's, of, it's, like, it's, hood girl. Yeah, like Lakeisha or, like, you know, like... Shanisa. Kaya, yeah, Chandra. <laughs> I, I don't know, there's something about those kind of names that, that it, it has, like, a certain sound to it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I first it heard it, I thought it was a, a girl, and I'm like, oh, it's a town. Okay. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, this was real bad. Mm-hmm. So five dead. This has actually been edited to six dead just about an hour ago after car plows into Waukesha Christmas Parade. So you can watch some of the footage, but we're not going to show it because it is fairly upsetting. Uh, at least five people have been killed and more than 40 injured after a car plowed into a Christmas parade in the U.S. state of Wisconsin. This is from the BBC. School bands and a dance troupe of grannies were amongst those marching through the city. When a red SUV came speeding down the road, it hit dozens of people, including children. When person is in custody, the incident does not appear at this time to be an act of terrorism, one official said. I understand why they're saying that, but it's also interesting to note that they only will say that if the perpetrator is black or East or Middle Eastern. They will not say that regarding white people. They did not say that regarding... Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm. But you sure didn't. No. So the suspect appeared to be fleeing another scene. Nope. That is a lie that's been corrected by the police commissioner. Uh, when he ran into people, the parade law enforcement official says. And it's unclear if the individual in custody was the driver. Well, it is. It's clear now. No, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. The people, the BBC article is, is inaccurate. That's from yesterday. That's, they they should have this information. By yeah, they should. They should. Right. So, um, I, just, the, just this quick, is uh, this is a very good image. Like this is the best thing the BBC has. The parade, is, start, the parade route. Yeah, the car running through people at the parade was longer than the parade itself, or was like more than half no, the no, length right. of the parade. It was it was more than half. Yeah, you you ran through a big chunk of it. Like this is, I would say this is probably about four hundred meters. Where he's literally just driving through parade attendees, and not it's not slowly either. Yeah, oh no! Speed. Well, yeah, like I'll show you the first clip because the first little clip girl. is it shows how fast he's moving. Yeah, little girls literally standing there. Watch oh, how fast this one? car goes by. Right here, boom! It just he just that's like what 50, 50 kilometers an hour. Oh, easy. 
There's actually a better clip when it shows how fast he's like driving by. Like, like this one is a bit girl. slow. Yeah. This is how fast he's moving. Yeah. That into that's onlookers. Kind of that, that's the kind of speed you will you will drive where you hit somebody, they go flying. Oh yeah. That's and they did go that flying. That's why yeah. he injured forty eight people and killed six. And unfortunately, most of the media in the States, most at least most of the quote mainstream media is denying that there is any linkage between this guy and any sort of ideological mantra. But we know that not to be the case. We know that this guy's Facebook and this guy's social media accounts were supportive of far left radical causes. We know that this guy was angry about the Rittenhouse trial. Mm -hmm. We know that this location, Waukesha, which is in Wisconsin, is very, very close within an hour's drive from Kenosha, which is, of course, where the trial was held. Yeah. So this this is um, I, I agree with you, Stephen. Like, I think this mm -hmm. is one of those, those situations where if you really employ a little bit of, like just just take a, a second, little bit of critical thinking. Yeah. Critical thinking. Just take a second. Think through the stuff. Suddenly you're like, OK, there's too many coincidences here yeah. that just. That's, that seemed to like point one direction. The media, the media t said that uh, oh he was fleeing a scene. Okay, oh he's like oh there's there's another drug thing and there's a knife attack or whatever. So he was running away from danger or whatever. Okay, so let's let's take that talking point. So the talking point is like you know he's fleeing from some kind of altercation uh, before. Okay, if he is, why is he going through a parade? You would think he would go through the fastest way to get away, yep. not. Not a way that's going to cause him to get even more um, danger. Two, he's intentionally driving into people, like he's swerving to hit people on purpose. So, like that, that doesn't even work. If you take critical thinking, that doesn't work. But the fact that like it's so close to the trial, like like literally a day and a half after the trial ended and he was acquitted, you take all of his social media posts, which are like absolutely filled with hate, like anti anti white sentiment mm -hmm. and like kind of like statements that imply that he he is is cheering on the idea of her, of hurting and injuring white people out of hatred and the fact that he's done this before like I, I was telling you before the show is that he has uh one he 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 was um he was charged before for like essentially trying to to kill his ex-wife by using his car to run her over and he also was uh got in trouble for running over a cop yeah. So he's used this vehicle twice to try to like hit people with it. Mm -hmm. So this is not all the stuff together. You start to get a picture of a guy who seems to have a motivation of like hating white people. Seems to be very angry about what happened with Cal Rittenhouse, and has an entire history of like you know angry behavior and criminal behavior. You start getting a sense of like this is not now obviously it's a not pretty picture. It doesn't paint. Yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm totally with you in terms of that, but I think something that we also have to consider is that, like, it was entirely his fault for this happening. Oh, of course. But we also have to consider that the the mentality and the ideology that the left is pushing and the mainstream establishment media is telling everyone to believe is one where, yeah, like white people are the enemy. White people are all white supremacists. They voted. For judges that vindicated and released Kyle Rittenhouse, they've 
voted for white supremacists in Congress. And it's people like this, and they're fomenting aggression, and they're fomenting division, and they're fomenting violence mm -hmm. against what they see as the enemy. And I'll play you just a small clip from this. I find these people disgusting, Ellie. I'm disgusted at what I'm seeing. It's not just this trial, it's other trials, but this in particular, the fact that white supremacists <laughs> roam the halls of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist that and the fact that he gets the to walk hair. the streets freely. It lets you know these hair. people have access to instituting uh, laws. They represent the legislative branch of this country. What are we to make of that? Welcome to the modern Republican Party. This is what these people want, and this is what a majority of white people vote for. Right? When I say that a majority of white people are in favor of this kind of violence, it is because a majority of white people consistently vote Republican. Consi you know, since the passage of the Civil Rights Act, a majority of white people have voted Republican, right? So, like, this is the party that they're supporting. A majority of white people pick judges like Bruce Schrader, the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. A majority of white people do not support policies that would unpack and unroll and reform this system of justice. This is what they want. Matt Gates is giving the white folks what they want. Look at it. Look at yourselves. It's gross. But until a majority of you stop voting for this, this will keep happening. <laughs> Look yeah. at yourselves. It's gross. I, I, you know, it's gross. A guy, a guy oh, with hair like crap. that really shouldn't be calling anything gross. I'm like, it looks like he's like from like the eighteen, like the eighteen hundreds, but like they used to wear powdered wigs yeah. in like you know like Parliament. Mm -hmm. But like his is like his looks like more like a clown wig. Yeah. Whereas like it's like he's got like this angry face and then like a comical like you know like afro. <laughs> just like yep. I look at him, I'm like I, I just I don't know. Like it's. I like, realize angry, I apologize to anybody who here. will be watching the video. I did not set that up properly, and so all you what? got was the audio. Really, you didn't get to see the video? No, they didn't. Oh. The people who dang. are watching, were watching our reaction to the video. But, of course, <laughs> the link will be in the description along with the timestamp. You can check the video. So you yeah, can check out the video really quickly yourself. Mm -hmm. It's on Matt Walsh's YouTube channel, so feel free. Cool. It's only a minute long, so take that time. It's a very entertaining listen, a very entertaining watch. <laughs> but these people are directly trying to instigate violence mm -hmm. on another portion of the population. Like, in today's society, there's not much worse that you can call someone than a racist and a white supremacist. Yep. And racism, like racist and white supremacist, like they, tr real ones are deplorable and their ideology should be smited from, smitten from smote, smote from the face of the earth. <laughs> smitten. They, well, no, smitten means like attraction. Oh, I see. What it saying. is actually the past sense, the past yeah, tense of the word smite is smote. Smoten? Yeah, because you're not. I do not smite when I am attracted to someone. I am smitten with them. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Because that's one T instead of two. Mm. Grammar Chad things be, are funny. Yeah, Chad would be my, my roommate. Would be so happy with this talk. He's like, you know, good semantics, very important. Get semantics and grammar. Properly. Semantics, grammar, very important. <laughs> I had to correct my dad's grammar earlier today, and I'm like, oh, correcting the grammar of a teacher. Now the mighty mm -hmm. have fallen. And he's like, uh, I wonder fair, how hard I can throw this knife. <laughs> I'm like, but fair, father, it's my birthday. Modern teachers, I don't know. It's uh, something. Oh, yeah. Low, low quality standards on that. Mm -hmm. um, 
But speaking of low quality standards, um, a lot of the problem is that the Kyle Rittenhouse case has been an, an incredibly interesting, um, you know, example of what the media is capable of. Yeah. Because you you have like one entire segment of the entire like you know media narrative, like independent journalism, independent conservative commentators that are all about facts, facts. Here's the facts. Here's the facts. Here's the facts. And then you have in another segment of the media that is devoted to mis and disinformation. Like they, it's amazing how they, they do the very thing that they accuse the other side of doing. They intentionally misrepresent what the details and the facts of the case are. Like, like for example, CNN having Gage Groyskreutz come on their thing and basically giving them the chance to change his story that he gave on a stand mm-hmm. so people get a different impression about what he actually said. But he said it out, like not under oath. So the problem with all, all this is that it's incredible to see how much of an echo chamber there is on the left. They are so committed and so completely against mm-hmm. any, 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 um, any, any source of news that's outside of their little bubble that they, they're basically completely and totally kept, uh, you know, like all the facts are, are kept from them to the point where so many of them, like Anna Kasparian, did you remember that? Like Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks? She, she, actually she made a she video did. where she's like, I did not know any of this stuff. Yeah. And it's she like, was shocked. Yeah. Because yeah. the media that you follow and the groups that you support actively have pushed not only misinformation, but outright lies. Yeah. And like the BBC, just in that article that we were reading about Waukesha, mm-hmm. like even though this article was written a day ago, like some of the things that they've posted even a day ago, is a lie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like the police chief clarified yesterday morning. Which, of course, in England would be <laughs> like this is they're ahead of they're us. In the future. They should, they're they should in the future. No more. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> it's like, well, why didn't you change this? Like you should be changing the story as more details come out. Mm-hmm. Or you just say like refer to the latest updates. But they don't. They're just like, well, we'll keep this story. It's like, well, this story is false with all the data that's available now. Yeah. They know the name of the uh, the assailant. They know he was responsible. They know mm-hmm. that. They know his uh, skin color. They know his skin color. This is something that they try to, like, off- obfuscate all the time. Yeah. Um, again, and, and a big part of this is that in the media, the like, how do they respond to the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case? The, the big blitz has been... You know, oh, if he had been black, mm-hmm. it would have been he would have been like either killed by the police or he wouldn't have gotten a fair trial. He would have never is, made it trial, which is a lie because there's all that in like it's almost amazing. On was it the same day? It was, or the, like, it was the it was like within an hour. Uh, a guy named Coffee, I think, from the from yeah. Florida, he got acquitted of a, a you know like he was charged with uh, like murder, but then it turned out that the cops actually ended up shooting his girlfriend, so he was acquitted. Of that yeah. chart. And like, you just got an example there of yeah. a guy who got justice, that a justice system works. Mm-hmm. And then here you have a perfect example of a black man who like literally mowed down people, who shows hatred for another group and who is being essentially that the media is playing cover for him. Mm-hmm. They're covering for him and they're even making excuses for him. So we're getting in real, t- it's amazing actually that in real time we're getting the what if he was black answer mm-hmm. right now it's amazing yeah, to see this uh, all play out in real time it's it's, it's crazy yeah the, the double standards are amazing 
Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that this dude was free was because there's like a, of course, a modern day push for criminal justice reform where you have to lower bail amounts. You have to make it easier for criminals to be back on the street. This guy was back on the street because he had a $1,000 bail for a serious violent crime. He has a $1,000 bail for a serious violent crime. Yeah. And Kyle Rittenhouse has a $2 million bail mm-hmm. for clear cut self defense. Like our society is warped. Mm-hmm. Our criminal justice system is not functioning the way it should. Despite well, the fact that Democrats, and I'm going to transition into the next story yeah, now because it does talk about criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this is a story about Rashida Tlaib, who of course is a member of the squad group yeah. of crazies in the American House of Congress. Literally the worst. <laughs> so this story says Rashida Tlaib defends prison closures, but admits that some criminals belong behind bars. Far left re- representative Rashida Tlaib Thank to, to the New York Post for being very honest, calling her far left because she's crazy far left. Yes, yeah, really far left. She struggled in an interview to defend her endorsement of a bill that would shut all fer- federal prisons down over 10 years before admitting that she does believe some criminals belong behind bars. Uh, Reporter yeah. Jonathan what? Swan asked Delabe about the Breathe Act, which was introduced by her and her fellow squad member Ayanna Presley last year during the sit-down that aired on Axbios on HBO Sunday night. The act would cut federal funding to local police and federal agencies and eventually close federal prisons. Quote, to what extent have you wrestled with any potential downsides of releasing into society every single person who's currently in federal prison? Quote from Tlaib. I think that everyone's like, oh my god, we're going to just release everybody, Tlaib began. That's not what I'm, quote, from Swan. That's what the act says, (laughs) he interrupted to point out. Yeah, but did you see how many people are mentally ill that are in prison right now? Tlaib responded in an apparent effort to deflect the question. No, I know, but the act you endorsed actually says release everyone in 10 years, answered Swan, who pointed out that human traffickers and child sex predators would be among those in line for release. Mm-hmm. Do you mean that they don't actually that you don't actually support that because you endorsed the bill? Tlaib insisted, I endorsed the Breathe Act looking at federal, uh, the, pol- the police's... And how we incarcerate? Absolutely. But you cannot just blank, blanketly say, oh, look, she wants... That's not what I'm... Swan fired back. But that's like in plain text. Something tells me this would be, this would be like so much better in like, you know, yeah. actual video form. Oh, yes. I can or it. we should have done like this, this back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what well, I'm trying you... to understand is your proposal is so sweeping. You can go back. You can do like the yeah. girl voice. I can do the cat voice. That'd be fun. It would be funny. It would be, it would funny. be really funny. But like this, yeah. this is what the left is pushing for, for criminal justice reform. Like we already covered in the last story that this person was out roaming the streets and able to harm people because the criminal justice system is too lenient. Yeah. And yet these people in the squad, they want more leniency to violent criminals. They want there to be more violent criminals roaming the streets. No, what they well, so the problem right now, and if you actually look at the big picture, what the left uh, left as in like you know the Democrats in the states, the uh, liberals here in Canada, and definitely the NDP as well, is they advocate for a lawless society. 
They really do. If you really think about their policies, because look at the look at the Democrats. What do they what do they advocate for? They advocate for prison reform, which is a code for we want to abolish prisons and let criminals run free. In mm-hmm. other words, they want a lawless society. What did they do this past summer? They allowed in, like roving gangs of like rioters to go nuts to destroy property to like hurt people to kill people and they play cover for them that's a lawless society what do they do in the southern border they they're encouraging and creating every possible way to allow and to support and to defend illegal immigration to go mm-hmm. to become a crisis so it, it creates like you know all sorts of havoc and that that encourages human trafficking of children and women that encourages gang members, like like you know, like uh, cartel and really dangerous gang members, to get into the the country. That encourages all sorts of like lawlessness all over the country, and it, they they support defunding the police. None of these measures are good measures. They they are only measures designed to destroy a society, which is why you you and I covered that story. Uh, I don't know, a little little bit ago of that um, representative of Congress who put a video. Of uh, like you know the, the like AOC oh, and people like Paul you know, Gozar, like, uh, Paul Gozar, and his whole thing was that they're trying to destroy the country, and this is what we're talking about. Yeah. These policies, they're not a here's the problem: the prison, like you know, pe- the wrong people are be- thrown, being thrown in prison, and they're being um, unjust. That they got too too high sentences. They're they're not even trying to address the problem. They're saying we just want to get rid of prisons mm-hmm. now. I advocate for prisons for one reason. Prisons are not supposed to be ultimately for the good of the inmates. Incarcerated. Yes, it's meant to protect society from the incarcerated, from violent felons, from people who normally would hurt, rape, Mm -hmm. and cause destruction on the rest of society. They're meant to be a protection to the society. And when you advocate to remove any kind of protection like that, you're basically setting the wolves free to roam the streets and to hurt and kill people and destroy mm-hmm. cities. Yeah. This is why this is not just wrong. It is actually evil what they're, they're suggesting. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm 100% on top on board with you there. On top, I think it's, eh? well, <laughs> I am your supreme ruler. Uh, I'll bow before Salsa Steve. Yeah, that's right. You all that's kneel. Right. Oh, we'll kneel before Zod. Take me to your leader. <laughs> but no, like what you're saying is very interesting because they want a lawless society, which is, it seems in opposition to what the left wants, because of course the left wants more government control, but they want a lawless society because they want a society where the public is begging for the government to take charge of the streets at night. They want a society where the army is roaming. To keep people safe from lawless criminals. <laughs> they the government wants a lawless society so that people will be encouraged to look forward to martial law. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy part is. Like I remember yeah, talking yeah. with Tate a long time ago, back in like episode six about this. Mm-hmm. Just like what follows rioting, what follows public like in this violence in the streets is a form of martial law that no one can abide. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like Hydra from Winter Soldier too. That was yep. the whole. That was the whole premise. Hydra. That they, they basically said we created a society so chaotic and so tumultuous that people would be begging 
us to take over and to provide them freedom or also the premise from V for Vendetta. Yep. Same idea. It's like chaos, destruction, you know, danger. Freedom through slavery. We will provide you with safety as long Mm -hmm. as you give up everything else. And then I'm just imagining the emperor. A safe and secure society. Uh, So that's how democracy dies. With thunderous applause. Unlimited <laughs> <laughs> power! That's right, unlimited That's power. Right. Speaking right. of unlimited power, let's talk about Australia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's dystopia. Australian army begins transferring COVID positive cases, contacts to quarantine camps. Oh, lovely. So the Australian army has begun forcibly removing residents of the Northern Territories. Not Northern Territories in Canada, but in Australia. So the Howard Springs quarantine camp located in Darwin after nine new COVID-19 cases were identified in the community of Binjari. Okay, can we, can we like, comment really quick on the fact that they call it the uh, Howard Springs? It sounds like a spa, but it's it like, does. this is a COVID camp. You're like, oh, but this is like a little getaway resort. Well, no, like, there was, there was people on Twitter, and, like, Tim Pool was pointing <laughs> this out. And they're like, look how nice it was. Like, I stayed there, and it's, like, better than staying at a hotel. And it's just like... Uh... You are a puppet for the government, and there's a reason that your Twitter profile does not have a picture nor any followers. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at this ghetto. It's a nice ghetto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it apparently has the capacity for 2,000 overseas arrivals and about 1,000 domestic travelers. Residents mm-hmm. of Binjari and Rockhole no longer have the five reasons to leave their homes, says the Northern Territory Chief Minister, referring to the country's five allowable reasons to avoid lockdown which is buying food, supplies, exercising, care, or caregiving, work, or education. And to get vaccinated. They can only leave for medical treatment in an emergency or as required by law. It's highly likely that more residents will be transferred to Howard Springs today, either as positive cases or close contacts. We have already identified 38 close contacts from Minchari, but that number, of course, will go up. Those 38 are being transferred now. Okay, can we, we have already can we... identified more people to go to the ghetto, and we will send more as soon as we find them. All compliance mm-hmm. to the government. All hails odd. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, like, okay, so, <clears throat> again, this, uh, this is a shameless plug, but if anybody really, if anybody out there believes that there's a case to be made for lockdowns or, like, you know, anything like that, there isn't. I like, and I encourage you, again, I encourage you to go to the website. I put so, I, I put so many articles that talk about how lockdowns are a massive, huge, like, huge public policy disaster. The idea that lockdown stopped the virus is garbage. It is absolutely not supported by the evidence. And Australia is still following this course of action, even though it's 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 been absolutely devastatingly shown yeah. that it doesn't work. Well let's let's just watch this video from the I think this is the leader of the Northern Territories. Uh, yeah, I think it's like the premium. Urgent action to escalate our response in these communities, immediately implementing a hard lockdown. That means residents of Minjari and Rockhole no longer have the five reasons to leave their home. They can only leave for medical treatment in an emergency or if required by law. It's highly likely that more residents will be transferred to House Springs today, either as positive cases or close contacts. We've already identified 38 close contacts in Binjari, and that number will go up. Those 38 are being transferred now. Yeah. No, like, we were talking about this months ago. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, also in Saskatchewan. COVID quarantine camps, or COVID ghettos, are not a conspiracy theory anymore. No. 
it's like now everybody was over. calling us wackadoodles and kooks for saying that oh like they will institute covid quarantine camps and they will force you into these camps if you don't comply it's already happening in australia they're already mm-hmm. pushing for it to happen in saskatchewan how long do you think it's going to happen? Do you think it's going to be before they bring it here? That's the problem. Is that the longer you comply, the more they give. We've said that for months. The longer you go along with this complete and utter BS, the more they will try and push on us. And it's unfortunately, it's even happening in the states. Thankfully, it's only happening in the far left of California. <laughs> but this is what's happening in California. California County imposing mask mandate in private homes amid virus surge worries. So this is from today, just like a couple hours ago. A county in California is reportedly imposing an indoor mask mandate requiring residents to wear face coverings in private settings. ABC affiliate KGO in San Francisco reported today that the mask mandate for Santa Cruz County is now in effect and covers private settings like a home. If you're getting together with others who don't live in the same household, the county says you should mask up regardless of vaccination status. The guidance states, businesses are now required to follow the guidelines, though they might be taken off while eating or drinking, the news outlet noted. Unfortunately, a potential winter surge appears to be a significant threat to the health and safety of our community, says Dr. Gail Newell, Santa Cruz's county's health officer. And they said that in a statement, which was reported by the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah. Like, this this, is crazy stuff. Yeah. This is where ideology becomes, uh, like, it it takes over from science. Like, science, like, if you actually, like, look at the science on masks, like, I I, I couldn't believe it. I actually had to go through it when I was doing my mask, uh, the mask page on the the website. I couldn't believe how many studies I was going through that just absolutely, like, annihilate the idea. Decimate the whole idea. Uh, Rebel News interviewed... Um, a, uh, what do you call it, mask expert in Alberta, one who wrote an open letter to Katina Kinshaw. And he has not received a response from the government, from all, all of their doctors and experts and all that kind of stuff. Nobody has taken him on, which means if, if they're basing this mask bylaw and these mask policies on science, you would think that they would, they would like, like relish any opportunity to debunk this guy who is saying that masks don't work, but they don't want to because they don't have the science. And this is this is the the, the frustrating thing. People have been so convinced by uh, for a year and a half of believing that piece of uh, fabric on your face is protecting you and others when the opposite is true. Not only is it not protecting you, it is actually in- increasing your chances of transmitting that virus mm-hmm. to others and making you sicker because... Not, by wearing that thing, you're actually hurting your own immune system, making it more likely, not less likely, that you're going to get sick. And so it's it's incredible that that, that this is still a public policy, but this is why it's it's all about power, and they they don't care about it. You know, like whether or not you, no. uh, you like it, they don't want you to think; they just want you to do what they, they want say. you to obey. Yes, and so California. That policy is based on junk science. It really is. It's based on junk science. Because if you really look at like the majority of the major, good, solid, top-notch, peer-reviewed studies, they're all on the side of like masks, masks don't are, work for viruses. Yeah. Have a and negligible same, effect or they have a negative effect. And the same is true of Australia's policy that we're going to quarantine positive cases. And how, how many times, Stephen, have we talked about how cases are a garbage way of like 
diagnosing yeah. disease because they 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 treat the PCR tests as a like infallible way of mm-hmm. finding out if somebody's sick and and court cases have already shown that this is a an absolutely terrible way of diagnosing disease yet they treat it like it's a gold standard like it cannot fail and you know like i, I wonder those 38 people who were taken away into those quarantine camps are any of them sick my money is going to be no. on no well because if they actually were sick then they wouldn't be taken to a quarantine camp they'd be taken to a hospital yes and again why is it better for them to quarantine in a quarantine camp as opposed to at home. This mm-hmm. is the same problem that we had here in Canada with the quarantine hotels. The quarantine hotels is junk science. Like you have to go through so many people to get into that hotel room. And it actually, you're you're less likely to infect people if you go home and quarantine mm-hmm. properly. And have than people here. like support you from a distance. Yeah. Like how do so we did at, with Danny when he was sick. Yeah. So if you if you actually think about it logically, it makes more sense to go home and quarantine at home where you're less likely to infect others and less people. Whereas, but you, you realize if, if you're thinking, what's the real purpose of, of the, quarantine, the quarantine hotels? If the purpose is health, that doesn't work. It, it makes no sense. But if it's all about re, like trying to discourage people from traveling, then it makes sense. The quarantine camps, what are they for? Are they to protect people's health? No. To stop, stop the threat? No. What are they for, Stephen? Our control... And complete and utter obedience of an entire they're, society. They're designed to punish dissenters. Yes. And that's where they're going to start sending people who are uh, like, you know, protesting the, the streets. Refuse the vaccine. Protest yeah. the, the mandates. Well, we remember a few weeks ago. We remember it was like the Dr. Chris Perry. And he said openly on television. He's like, if you don't take the vaccine, we'll find you. There will be nowhere to hide. And it's like... Mm-hmm. This is a public official saying, if you refuse my ideology, there will be nowhere to hide from the power that I wield. Yep. It is baffling how people still deny that this is tyranny in action. Yeah. It's like, I've said this plenty of times, if you deny that this is tyranny in action, if you deny that all of this is happening and that this is not about public health, it's all about control, if you can't see it at this point... You are a dumbass. I've said that over and as, over as again. That's the infamous rat from uh, the '70s show would say, "Dumbass." Dumbass. <laughs> like, and we don't. We're like, we're not trying to be mean. We're we're just trying to point out that, like, it really isn't that hard. If the information is out there, it's not like it's hidden. Like, and we have provided lots of information on all these shows in all sorts of ways. Like, it's not that you don't have access to the information. If you if you really want to, you can find it. And it's just that people are just, they're, they're just, what do you call it? They're, they're just not willing. They're, mm-hmm. they're, there's an indifference. An indifference. Yeah. An indifference or an arrogance. Yeah. Or it's just a blind trust that all oh, these public health officials couldn't possibly lie to us. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. speaking of which, let's talk about blind trust. Let's <laughs> talk about how the FDA wants 55 years to process the Freedom of Information Access request over vaccine data. You trust the FDA? You trust the vaccine data? Then why on earth would it take 55 years for it to process this request? So this is from Reuters. Freedom of Information Access requests are rarely speedy, 
When a group of scientists asked the federal government to share its data it relied upon in licensing Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, the response went beyond typical bureaucratic foot dragging, as in 55 years beyond. That's how long <laughs> the FDA, in court papers this week, proposes it should be given to review and release the trove of vaccine-related documents responsive to the request. If a federal judge in Texas agrees, plaintiffs, public health, and medical professions for transparency can expect to see the full record in 2076. Oh, boy. The 1967 Freedom of Information Act law requires federal agencies to respond to information requests within 20 business days. However, the time it takes to actually get the documents will vary depending on the complexity of the request and any backlog of requests already pending in the agency. Mm-hmm. Justice Department lawyers presenting, representing the FDA note in court papers that the plaintiffs are seeking a huge amount of vaccine-related material, about 321,000 pages. Mm-hmm. The plaintiffs, a group of more than 30 professors and scientists from universities including Yale, Harvard, UCLA, and Brown, filed suit in September in U.S. District Court for Northern District of Texas, seeking expedited access to the records. They say they're releasing the information can help reassure vaccine, vaccine skeptics the shot is indeed safe and effective and thus increased confidence in the Pfizer vaccine. <sighs> yeah. This should not, this is ridiculous. They go on to say that like, you know, well, we have to redact these documents to protect people's privacy. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a thing with any FOIP request. You, you kind of have to go through mm-hmm. that process. So don't give me that kind of garbage. So like Steven, I'm going to offer you a two, two options here, you know, equal options is, Option A is the FDA is awesome and this is a legitimate, you know, like, you know, request, you know. Option B, uh, you know, how do I put it? Uh, they're full of crap. Yeah. I go with option B. Ah, there you go. That's the way to go. 55 years. (laughs) That's enough for these people to be dead. Yeah. Most of these scientists and judges will be dead before this information comes to see the light of day. But, like, I could understand if they wanted to say, it's like, okay, like, this is 329,000 pages. We need to dedicate a significant amount of resources and energy and manpower to doing this. But, of course, that would be following the law. So, let's, like, give us a year to present all this information. Maybe even two. Yeah. But 55? Jeez. Like, shocking. It it, it goes beyond. It goes beyond the the point of reasonable Mm -hmm. to just... A, a completely and totally insane. Like, obviously, I don't think the, the judge is going to go with it. Like, you know, it seems like ridiculous. We hope they'll, they'll probably still they'll probably still make it like a couple of years. But mm-hmm. um, but still, like this is this is like if you've ever seen Aaron Brockovich, the whole idea that they're going like you know like you know there's there's thirty play in legal legal matters. It's like you know like well we're going to send you documents that you want, but we're going to send you like ten like warehouses full of documents. Mm-hmm. Basically, have force you to dig through boxes and boxes of stuff to find them and all that. And it's, le- it's legal dirty play. That's what yeah, they're doing. It is. Now, again, the point of this entire thing, the FDA is supposed to be transparent because they work for the American people. They're taxpayer funded. They're supposed to be transparent. Why would they make a request to take this long? Other than to like, basically because they got something to hide. Mm-hmm. Now I don't like, I usually don't like the idea if you got, you know, if you got you know nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. I don't like that approach generally. But in this yeah. case, when a government agency is acting is asking for such a ridiculous amount of time, now that shouldn't that should like bring all sorts of alarm bells. Be like, well, this is this is even an alarm bell from Reuters. 
Reuters is not a conservative source. Reuters is center left at best. They're like BBC. And they're like, wait, what? Like, that's the title. Wait, what? Even they're (laughs) shocked by this request. (laughs) And this should be, this should be, of course, mainstream news. It's like, Mm -hmm. why are they taking 55 years to do this? Why is it taking so bloody long? It's not. It would never take 55 years to do this. But the rationale, as you've said, is that they want to make sure that they're hiding something. Mm-hmm. But many people don't know that these vaccine companies, that these agencies for the public good and the public health are hiding something. And because they don't know, it's the reason, the rationale, why this is a recent report from a news organization in Canada. 70% of Canadians support dismissal of employees who refuse the COVID-19 vaccines. So the majority of Canadians say employees who refuse to be vaccinated against COVID should be dismissed from their jobs, according to a new poll. Survey conducted by Angus Reid, published Monday, showed almost 70% of respondents supported the idea of firing onboard airline employees, school teachers, police officers, paramedics, firefighters, and medical professionals if they did not get their COVID-19 shots. Some 64% said unvaccinated restaurant employees should also be laid off, while 55% had a similar opinion for construction workers and 53% for small businesses. So that's more than the entirety of more than an easy majority of Canadians this want an every. Poll, yeah, this is an online poll. An easy majority want the entire workforce vaccinated, even if they are like a small businesses where you only get a couple customers a day, or if they're construction workers that work outside. Yeah, like we, okay. Danny and I, you and I spend all of our day outside. How much risk are we really putting into other people? We're not. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, zip. Exactly. <laughs> but the majority of Canadians are so brainwashed and are so blinded and gullible. They've been told these things from the media that unvaccinated people, even if they're vaccinated, the unvaccinated are the enemy, the unvaccinated are the unclean ones, and they should be castigated from society until they obey the ideology. Okay. Okay. So let's let's go go through a couple of things that people should be aware of on on this whole like you know claim. Okay. Number one. Uh, first of all, this is an online survey. I didn't actually realize until you were going through that story. Online surveys are well. This is like, this is know, from a few days ago. Yeah, but this online survey that yeah. like that. Okay, when you think of polls, you think of like them calling people randomly mm-hmm. by phone and trying to have like a you know like a, a general yeah. kind of like you know uh, you know mix of people, but. You have an online survey. That means that the majority of the people who are going through that survey are, are volunteering people, it. Are are people who normally watch global. That means that yeah. you're getting the majority of people who are normally listening to global news. How often do you listen to global news, Stephen? Well, listen, never. I or check out their website like whenever I do like Tuesday Newsday and Thursday shows just to right. make sure that they might cover any of the stories we might be doing. Yeah, but they're primarily a left-wing mm-hmm. Canadian publication. Like you're gonna get like a, a a big. It's almost like it's 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 uh reporting bias. You're getting way too many leftists that are that are answering on those polls. So right right off the bat, you're you're starting poorly. But let's talk about the idea, vaccinations. Like the the whole claim, the whole belief is that if you get the majority of Canadians fully vaccinated, problem solved, and that the best way to get there is you need to punish people so that they'll get the vaccine. Right off the bat, herd immunity doesn't work 
with these vaccines. They've already proven that in Ireland, in, in uh, Finland. They've proven it in uh, Israel, in countries all over the world. We talked about this recently. The, high, like the, the, the insanely high vaccination rates don't work, don't protect. Okay, we already know that the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. The CDC has already admitted this. We already know that the vaccines don't even stop you from getting hospitalized. And we already know that natural immunity is incredibly strong. So actually, the, the most protected people, the, the people that are, that are probably the safest people to be around are the unvaccinated if they have natural immunity. Why? Because the naturally immune don't, they don't, they don't get sick and mm -hmm. they don't on the virus, whereas the vaccinated do. So in reality, I would actually argue this, if, you, if you're taking the science at face value, the vaccinated are a higher risk of spreading mm -hmm. COVID because we, like we talked a few weeks ago, the vaccinated are more likely to spread the variants, to create the variants and to spread them because yeah. they carry more of the variants in themselves. So really, if people actually understood the vaccinated are more of a risk of passing the, the virus on and passing the variants on than the unvaccinated. They're more dangerous in this pandemic than the unvaccinated, right? So people are not, uh, are not, not they're believing this because they're being told, not because mm -hmm. they, they truly know. But this ties into what we talked earlier. Talked about how in, in uh, Wakosha, I, I keep calling Wakisha. I, I keep wanting to call it Wakanda, you know? <laughs> Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Now uh, we don't racism do that forever. <laughs> yeah, in Wakisha, um, the whole uh, the, we talked about how in the Kyle Rittenhouse scenario, the media has so completely bought, uh, you know, convinced one segment of society that this is all about white supremacy. It's about racism. That the, the justice system hates them. That is not just. They've already convinced one segment, and this is a perfect example of what's happening here. People in Canada have been so uh, convinced by a lying media, by a lying media that is uh, completely hiding, censoring any, uh, any, any, anything that doesn't fit the narrative, that people are, are being fed, spoon-fed a lie, and they're believing it wholesale, which mm -hmm. is why you get pulled like that. Hmm. Yep, that is why you get a poll like that. But thankfully, thankfully, not everybody is supportive and it's becoming a bigger and bigger segment of society that is opposing all this crap. No, thank goodness. Yeah. So over 200 lawyers signed declaration to end vaccine mandates and passports. Hundreds of lawyers and thousands of concerned citizens have signed on to a declaration to end vaccine mandates and passports. To date, the Free North Declaration has garnered signatures from 245 legal professionals across Canada and 23,285 concerned citizens. I'm going to have to sign that. I think I did sign it. I think Chad sent it to me over the weekend. Yeah, I'm going to sign it this weekend, like, you know, after the show. Yeah. You so, should, too. I did. No, I mean, I'm saying oh, listeners. the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, quote, We are Canadian lawyers in our country. Civil liberties are under unprecedented attack. Governments, public health authorities, universities, public and private employers, municipalities, and businesses are trampling Canadian rights and freedoms. Our free society is at risk, the declaration reads. COVID rules restrict citizens' abilities to work, shop, travel, and socialize. They erode civil liberties strategically, attempting to not run afoul of the law or to trouble protections, trigger protections in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, such as liberty, security of the persons, the freedom of association, assembly, expression, conscience, religion, and mobility rights. 
Amongst those who signed are prominent Canadians who have spoken out against COVID-19 restrictions, including lawyers Bruce Party and Lisa Bildy. Mm. Of course, there are a lot, many, many more. Lots. So of these are. Not. This is just a declaration to end vaccine mandates. That's not even going over the protests that erupted across the world over COVID-19 tyranny. So, of course, the Associated Press calls anybody who goes to these rallies far right. But tens of thousands, I would say across the world, there were hundreds of thousands of freedom-loving people marching against new tyrannical public health measures such as partial and full lockdowns and health passports and mandatory vaccinations. Across, oh, tens of thousands across Europe. Demonstrations against new virus restrictions were observed in Austria, Croatia, Italy, Northern Ireland, the UK, France, Germany, and the Netherlands. I heard about the Netherlands. The Netherlands, like, devolved into riots, and they were, like, full-out attacking the police. It depends on what was happening. Like, they remember, they made the same claim in Australia. Mm -hmm. that, oh, they're, they're violent. And, like, well, when you actually look into the reporting, the police really are the ones that yeah. instigated that violence. And then, of course, outside of Europe, protesters are seen in several cities across Canada, like us. Australia, Japan, and even the U.S. Some marked Saturday as a part of a worldwide freedom rally to protest COVID restrictions and vaccine mandates. Some of the most intense rallies would turn into riots were in the port city of Rotterdam, which is, of course, in the Netherlands. Clashes between protesters and police began Friday and continued through the night. So this is, of course, an image from Rotterdam. Mm. And that's another picture of the rioting that happened. So you can you can review these on your own, but and of course we do not endorse any form of rioting or violence that may have erupted due to these protests. As long as of course rioting is wrong, it takes fairly ser serious motivation to to support rioting. Um, here's what I'll, okay I'll, I'll add a caveat to that. Okay. Um. Generally, generally, I agree with you. Generally, rioting is wrong, um, especially like under like you know, just to say wide open, you know, like you know, uh, way of you know creating like you know mm -hmm. havoc and destruction and all that. But uh, I, I think I think that I like the way that uh, Stephen Crowder basically like you know talked about it. He said that um, violence is not inherently evil. Yeah, violence can be good for the right reasons and, and for the right purpose, right? So like the American, oh, yeah. the American pushback against the British and all that, um, I mean, some of that required them to burn down like, you know, like barracks or, you know, strategic buildings. Some of them required like that. The, the Boston Tea Party would be considered like to be a riot in the sense mm -hmm. that they're destroying property. But that was a good thing because it's meant to be a pushback against government overreach. Now, when a government, it, it becomes completely and fully tyrannical, um, peaceful protest becomes, uh, uh, it's almost like it becomes too, too little. You yeah. need to push back you harder. Need to, you need to have actual like force. And that's yes, what, that's exactly. why I was saying like riots under general circumstances, like yes, it needs to be very serious conditions, which merit mm -hmm. riots. Like in Australia, I'd mm -hmm. say we're pretty much at the point where riots are societally acceptable because their government has just proven that they have zero regard for the public and that they will push anything against their populace and use whatever force is necessary to make yeah. their for to make their populace and their communities comply. Absolutely. Like uh, Canada is not there yet, but I think that's not too far off at this point. We're heading there. We're and definitely heading there. Is probably closer than, than we are right mm -hmm. now. I take it back. It's definitely closer than we are as Manitoba and um, Ontario. 
Yeah, some of those. So, well, like, you know, even like some of the Maritimes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all a little sketchy and a little scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so, sometimes riots are acceptable, but not when it involves, quote, St. George. St. George? George Floyd. Ah, right. <laughs> Apparently there is a mural of him in, like, uh, the um, Catholic in the University of Catholicism in the U- in the U.S. And it's just like we rise to memora like to m- in memoriam of a life taken too soon. It was just like, no, yeah. this is not somebody you want to be. And it was like, I I watched it in the Michael Knoll show. Like you'll to get full context, you can watch it on there. But it was like, my goodness, this school has gone off the flipping rails. But I I think I'll. But just one thing I want to say about that. Statues are supposed to be... Statues and any kind of thing like a, a commemorating mm-hmm. somebody, they're supposed to, to honor and to uh, hold up the heroes of yeah. society. People that whose who's, people who's, um, uh, exploits and accomplishments are something that are meant to inspire mm. others to follow in their footsteps and to inspire people to be like a better version. Like this is the model citizen. George Floyd... And uh, and many of the people, the, the victims of BLM, mm-hmm. like you know, the the you know Jacob Blake the and saints all of these other, the saints, but also like look at Harvey Milk, okay? Harvey Milk is held up as like this icon of like of the, the progressive movement, no, of the gay rights movement. Well, I'm not. Too. And yeah, but he, like I, like the more I, the more I find out about this guy, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you how do you honor a guy like this? Because he was like a he was. Not only did he have sex with minors, like constantly, and Serial that was pedophilia. that's pedophilia. That's pedophilia. But he also abused and 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 actually like legitimately harmed many of these young young men. Oftentimes, many of them with mental health issues. This guy was like not in any way a a good person. But they they, they hold him up as this icon of like you know like you know goodness. Same thing. They they hold up like uh, drag queen. Drag queens in uh, story hour, and they continue to show up to be like, like either like child, like you know, child mm-hmm. molesters or child, uh, you know, like predators. either child porn or predators. And then they held they they held up criminals. Like it's it's amazing to me how the left values criminals and bad people as their heroes. Yeah, that tells you a lot about who, what they value and what they mm-hmm. want you to become. Yeah, and. Unfortunately, what they want you to become looks a lot like Finland. Well, and Finland's a great example of an actual uh, two people who are actually worth emulating, mm-hmm. but are being treated as yeah. demonized heroes, as but are being actors. demonized as villains. So, yeah. in case in case with global implications, Finland puts Christians on trial for their faith. So, meet the man who appears to be the first in the post-Soviet Union West to be brought up on criminal charges for publishing long-held Christian beliefs. Johanna Poloja, Pojola, wouldn't be cast to play his own part if Hollywood made a movie about a bishop put on trial for his faith. The Finnish pastor has inherited a place in the church of Martin Luther, but appears none of Luther's pugnacity or vitriol. In person, he is a forthright but unassuming gentle individual. Stereotypically, the Finn is tall and thin. He often pauses while speaking to carefully consider his next words. He listens attentively to others with far less impressive resumes. 
In more than two decades as a pastor, Pujola has ministered to congregations as small as 30. He has spent his life building a network of faithful churches across Finland, many of which have started with a few people gathered for prayer, Bible study, hymn singing, and communion, if they can get a pastor. In an in-person interview with the Federalist, he urged fellow Christian leaders to be willing to seek out one lost sheep instead of crowds and acclaim. This is the man who appears to be the first to be brought up on criminal charges for preaching the Christian message as it has been established for thousands of years. Also charged in the case that goes to trial on January 24th is Pajola's fellow Lutheran and a Finnish member of parliament, Paivi Rasanen. His alleged crimes in a country that claims to guarantee freedom of speech and religion, including tweeting a picture of a Bible verse, potential penalties if they are convicted face fines and up to two years in prison. So they're being charged with hate speech for respectively writing and publishing a 24-page 2004 booklet that explains basic Christian theology about sex and marriage, which reserves sex exclusively for within marriage, which can only consist of one woman and one man for life. The Finnish prosecutor claims centuries-old Christian teachers about teachings about sex incite hatred and violate legal preferences for government-privileged identity groups. But by the way, this is what they're doing. This is what they're setting up here in Canada and in mm-hmm. Australia. Uh, the the whole conversion therapy bans that they're they're proposing. That's what they're all about. It's like you're not allowed to say anything that would make people feel sad or even like offend people that that disagree. And the funny thing is, like, which came first? Christianity has been around far longer. Mm-hmm. Then any of these countries, any of these aid laws, like this is from the surprise. Really, what's going on is the um, the absolute, uh, like you know, uh, demonization of um, uh, of like you know, like Orthodox Christian belief. Mm-hmm. They they're, they're targeting Christians. Oh yeah, and they've been softly targeting Christians for decades, but it's becoming much more prominent recently. Like I remember, of course, I think it was back in two thousand five, there was a significant effort. To try and say, yeah, the Bible is a hate, like a book that's promoting hate speech. We should get it banned. And I remember there was like, that was the one time that Christians in Canada were like, no, you can't ban it. It's not hate speech. And they actually like all banned it together and had a a united voice against it. Mm -hmm. But if this happened today, like I'm referencing, of course, the book that I own called Church of Cowards by Matt Walsh. If they actually tried to say, it's like, yes, the Bible is a book of hate speech because of how it talks about the LGBT, there would be a significant portion of Christians that'd be like, yeah, that's true. Like, we have to eliminate those sections of the Bible, and then we can have, like, the Bible that God would want us to have that's, like, relevant <laughs> to our modern culture. It's like, yeah, these people like are not Thomas Christians. Jefferson. Yeah. We can be like Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Which, if, but, if you don't understand what I mean... He, he he basically like blacked out a whole bunch of sections of the Bible that he mm-hmm. didn't like. Thinking yeah. that like I'm improving, I'm helping. <laughs> I'm improving the Bible. Yes, he is so much better. Yeah, yeah so much um, better. Well, one thing I will say is that um, okay, so uh, human rights. Like let's talk about like you know like because it's based on the idea of human rights that you know like people have a right not to be offended, not to be all this kind of stuff. That's the basis for hate speech uh, laws. Now. The idea of human rights, if you un- if you understand the principle, human rights were established under on the basis that they were given, they they were recognized, not made recognized. Okay, so the founders of the um, 
of the mm -hmm. Bill of Rights, the whole idea of like rights, you know, human rights, were the Americans. Because they, when they made their constitution, Bill of Rights, all they did was recognize things that already existed in the Bible. These are like inherent human rights, the right to self-preservation. In other words, that you have a right to life, which means that you have a right to defend yourself from somebody who wants to kill you. Hence the Second Amendment, the idea of the, self, the right to self-preservation. You have a right to speak out against evil. Because the, like not to basically banish the ability to speak is one of the greatest evils that you can do and one of the greatest ways to uh, like destroy liberty. Hence, why they created free speech as a light, right? So mm -hmm. all uh, like you know all uh, like the Americans were the first to really come up with this this concept and codify it into law as the idea of rights. And they understood that rights are given to you by God, not by government. But as like history went on, suddenly you started to see a shift where it stopped being God-given rights to government as the government one that gives given you rights. rights. And this is where this modern push has come from. Okay, so let's talk about like one of them: the idea that you know, like women's rights. Okay, women's rights doesn't exist. That because what you're doing mm -hmm. is the the okay, like free speech. It's a human right for all. Every single person, yeah. every single individual all across society has that right. The right to free speech, the right to say what you what you believe. That's a right that applies universally. When you create a right like women's rights, you are now creating a right that only applies to, to a, one group to of one society. segment of society. So now you've created the basis for conflicting rights. Okay, because a women's right is now may now conflict directly with a human right to free speech. Hence, why abortion activists are saying, "Oh, women have a right not to be offended, not to be like you know, like uh, you know, like with free speech and all that kind of stuff." Suddenly, these rights conflict. That's mm -hmm. also when you get gay rights. The idea that uh, you know, gay person has a right to you know, like protection and you know, super mm -hmm. you know, defense and all that. Again, one segment of society. And it's not conflicting with a with another, yeah. uh, you know, like right that's given. This is what they've created. This is why you now have two rights that are completely at odds with each other. This is a brand new thing. This is why you like the rights movement doesn't works because everyone has a religious free, freedom. Every single person has the, everyone the has same protection. The law. But now you created a Special. a subcategory that is now going to be at odds with the original category, which is why you get what happened here in Finland, which is basically a conflicting right, the gay rights, yep. conflicting with religious rights. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen before, but now it's a thing. Yep. No, and it has a lot to do with, like, and we mentioned this on the show before, when it comes to free speech, mm -hmm. if we allow the government to start restricting free speech... Like we have here in Canada, it's like, oh, like you can't criticize Muslims. You can't criticize the disabled. You can't do all this, these things. Mm -hmm. If we start to say the government can do these things, then we cannot draw a line of where they'll stop because we've already given them that power. The Finnish people have already given the Finnish government the ability to censor their speech. And this was the inevitable conclusion. The unfortunate thing is that other countries are not far behind and will be looking very closely at this trial 
And if this trial does move forward and these pastors do go to jail, then other countries in Europe and in North America, not in the States, but everywhere else in the Western world will follow suit and Christianity will be reduced and restricted. And the government will just say, well, like it's, it's not all of Christianity. Like we're not preventing you from spreading the gospel. You just, you can't talk about homosexuality or like you can only do it in like you can't you can't bring up the bible you just have to talk about like that god is loving it's like we're not we're not trying to shut down your churches we're not trying to like the government and of course like talking theologically the devil will not try and appeal to fear because that will awaken these docile and these cowardly christians the devil will make it so that it doesn't seem like a big deal and that to make it into a big deal means the possibility of sacrificing everything. Now, of course, Christians should be willing to sacrifice everything for their faith. But the problem is, is that here in Western society, in North America and in Europe, we have become so docile. So I'm focused on myself, my own entertainment, my own whims, that I will not give up anything to, prop to act like a proper Christian. And so the devil will not say, oh yeah, I'm shutting down your churches because that will rise up, that will awaken a fire. He'll do everything but. And then eventually when enough Christians will be like, well, like that, that those groups are just sex. Like they need to be snuffed out of Christianity anyway. Like that's what a lot of Christians, a lot of so-called Christians believe about our church. It's like, oh, they're just rebellious and they need to be snuffed out. They're not real. And they can't, the only verses that they use to defend themselves, the only verses that they use to attack us are easily debunked, but they don't care. Mm -hmm. Because it's all about trying to say, I'm a better Christian than someone else, mm. but I'm not willing to sacrifice anything for my faith. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, be uh, warned, everybody. Death by a thousand, uh, you know, like cuts, yeah. like, you know, the needles instead of like one giant stab. Yeah. Um, and, and and just just be warned like this isn't like um this is by design most of these things that they're doing they're 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 intentional they're not they're not going to take away all of your rights all at once in one big foul swoop they're literally taking them away a piece at a time mm -hmm. getting you used to yeah what came before before they move on to the next part mm -hmm. right now like if you're wondering why is the government why has Alberta government been so silent for the last little while it's because they know that they really pissed off people here in this province and they were getting a lot of heat, mm -hmm. getting a ton of heat. And so they, they instituted the vaccine mandate. But if you notice, they, they didn't really put a lot of effort into enforcing it. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, you're not getting the same well, they, push that you got they last year. They didn't make it with... so it was enforceable by the government. They made it that it was enforceable by the businesses. Which made it so the government could say, well, it's not us that's enforcing it. It's the businesses. Like, don't blame us. Blame them. Yeah. And so it made it actually to make it more divisive. Because mm -hmm. if you're vaccinated, then, oh, it's the unvaccinated that are preventing us from acquiring freedom. If you're unvaccinated, yeah. then it's like, well, it's these vaccinated, these businesses that are mandating vaccines that are keeping me alone and isolated in society. Like separating and making it so there's more division amongst us. 
and so that we're not united against the common threat, the common enemy, which is the government. That was always the goal. But many people are too stubborn, too ignorant, or just too blind to see it. Yeah. We wish they were as blind as the half-blind hecklers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... The information's out there. You have... It's available to you. It's there. You just have to... You just have to put the effort in. And yeah. I'm not saying you have to do it in one... Just start taking little pieces, you know, like... Read a little bit about vaccines. Read a little bit about the uh, the, the PCR tests. A little bit about lockdowns. A little bit about the early mm-hmm. treatments. Yeah, like it's out there. You just I, I encourage you because you're more you're a much easier target. You're a much easier, uh, you know, like um, like they're you're much easier much to easier. knock off. Yes, if you're, you're much by yourself to knock off and you're and to and to control if you're if you're ignorant about the truth. Well, and if you're alone. If you're alone. If you're in a group, if you're, if there's a massive number around you, mm-hmm. then it's a, mm-hmm. it's very, very difficult to control you. It's very, very difficult to brainwash you. Yep. Whereas if you're alone and they continually push the same narrative, they continue to push the same message, then eventually, if you're by yourself and you have no support network, you will succumb unless you yep. have an inhuman amount of resilience. And one thing that, like, I want to make sure people know, I it's it's the government wants to make you believe that you're the crazy one, that mm-hmm. you're alone, that you, only you, that you, you're only you're, you like, believe you know, these things. Only you believe these things. But the thing is, I and this is why I always encourage people: if you haven't been to a rally, go, because you will be shocked at how, at how many, many people, people that are actually that that actually agree with you. And actually, I will I will venture to say because I, I will uh, Dove, who's the uh, he's the one who organizes. Um, it used to be in Canada lockdowns, but now mm-hmm. it's like Canada the strongest free. A big network of, of freedom loving, kind of like yeah. people and you know that. He has done polling, and he actually truly believes that the vast majority of of Albertans, particularly Alberta, um, are not on board with these things. But the media wants to believe, wants to make you believe that you're the crazy one, and that you're actually in the vast minority when the opposite is true. Yeah. So. Don't let them don't let them bully you into thinking that you're you're alone, that you're solo, that you're you're just the crazy one. You're not. There's a lot of people, and and believe it or not, more and more people are waking up and realizing Every day. that this is nonsense. Every day, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it is. All right, that's going to be the end of our Tuesday Newsday segment. Tuesday Newsday. Tuesday Newsday. So, thank you for keeping up with us. Yeah. And thank you for everybody who wished me a happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Stephen. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Shout Anyways. Out, it's like a shout from the past right there. <laughs> yeah, indeed it was. Shout out from the past. If you're following us on our various media and video platforms then do not forget to give us a like share and a subscribe every little bit helps towards our goal yeah. of world domination it's it's very important you know like you know what's what are we gonna do today brain you know take over the world we're gonna take over the world same thing we do every night pinky exactly um but yeah like you know like uh, it, i we, we love like you know seeing like you know um interactions like, interaction because we don't know how many people are actually watching and the thing is we split up our show into so many different um 
places that it's difficult to keep to up know, with like it. if yeah, like you know, we we want to know like if if uh, yeah, if we're making an impact and all that. Another thing I know, I I, I will suggest too, if you go to the website, uh, feel free to like leave likes and hearts and all that. That way, I know people, like you know how many people are, are listening to or reading the blog post and all that. Mm-hmm. They're there for you, so that you have access to the information. Uh, because we want you to be well informed. We don't want you to just take our word for it. Yeah. Go read our articles. Tell us we're wrong. Try it. <laughs> Try it. Try it. <laughs> yeah. And of course, if you're following on on any of our podcast platforms, like, share, and download, and tell your friends that they can come check out the truth with you. Yeah. Oh, don't forget also check out the website. I I just put on the the lockdown um, section. And um, in the next, uh, I don't know if the next week or next uh, two weeks, I'm also going to put up the uh, PCR tests and statistics uh, page. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I'm hoping that by the end of this year, by uh, the end of 2021, I'll have uh, all five pages. I'm going to have, um, I, I still got to add PCR tests and, um, and statistics, but also I'm going to add early treatments mm. because that's a big page on ivermectin, yep. hydroxychloroquine, all the other like you'd be amazed how many treatments are out there. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure you guys know about them. Okay. Big time. Big time. Yeah. All right. So we will see everybody Thursday. Thursday will be a specialty show. Will not be our regular segments like douche of the week or any of that. We're going to do a live stream and we are going to be covering the craziness of the pamphlet that the Alberta government handed out to try and brainwash and propagandize to its citizens. So that's what we're going to be covering on Thursday. So feel free to check that out. That's going to start at about 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And it's going to be on probably not YouTube. No, not on YouTube. Uh, But it will be on (laughs) Twitch and Facebook to uh, my Steve Saltieri accounts. (laughs) And I will link to that account so that you can add it and you can follow along and watch the live stream yourself. So make sure and check that out. It should be a lot of fun and just going over the lies that the Alberta government has pushed upon us like a bunch of rabid dogs. So many lies. So see you all Thursday. I hope you have a great couple days until then. And Danny? (laughs) At the the, Here at the Truth Dudes, we'd like to always encourage you and always remind you, why be rude? And you can be can swooed. Be swooed. That's right. God bless uh, you all. Oh, taking <laughs> my it. lines. That's right. Stealing it. But I still got the outro, so silence.